Should we just play the theme song first? Yeah, let's do it. Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. This first ad was sent by Jack Snedden. It's a twisted acoustic. Oh, so twisted. Burl, twisted and sick. Burl ergonomic twisted acoustic guitar. $550. That ain't uh, bad. In Birmingham, the Al- thi- Alabama. The, f- the thing that first caught my attention with this guitar is that wackadoodle bridge setup. Yeah, it's very large. Uh, it's very large. It's like this custom bridge with a regular acoustic saddle and then a piece that comes down that forms like a tailpiece. So it's almost like a two-nomadic sort of setup. Mm-hmm. And then you get deeper into the ads and into the photos of the ad and you realize that this entire guitar is twisted like it got hot and someone just twisted it like a piece of licorice or something like that. So this is what it says about the Burl modern acoustic. Is, is it I wonder if it's Burl or Burrell. Anyway, uh, the twisted neck guitar that I invented, U.S. patent number four five four or four five three four two six zero at all, anticipated the twisted body, but it's taken several years for the opportunity to come along for me to develop it. The neck I invented is not really twisted, but formed. The fretboard shape is described in my patents as skewed, meaning that no string is either parallel to or in the same plane as any other string. The purpose is to make the fretboard more playable while presenting a more relaxed wrist position. That kind of sounds like. Um, did you ever play the lace? The helix. That, is that what was that? What it was called the yeah. lace helix? I've played it. Yeah, hey, lace. You should sue Line Six for taking your name. <laughs> it is that concept. Like he thinks he's invented that concept, but he hasn't. Like, well, he, or he at least holds a patent to it. Yeah, but um, you can get patents for all kinds of stuff. Right, but I'm saying it must be significantly different, or either that it's either significantly different, or Lace just hasn't enforced Lace their own. Lace just patent. has a different patent for it. Maybe my present invention, the twisted body, is not really twisted either. The purpose of this new modern guitar body is similar to the former invention in that, it went, with its rolled down corners, it fits more comfortably under the artist's arm or lap. Another benefit is the rich tones of the Burrell are. I changed them way up. I don't know. <laughs> Are comparable to the many fine guitars currently available. Only violin-style bass bar types uh, type braces support the top and back. The stress skin construction creates its own support. Well, my I mean, I guess I could kind of see that concept in that because the top of the guitar is arched, it doesn't need a bunch of supports to hold it flat because yeah. a round shape is its own support in a lot of exactly. ways. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, while my neck invention is described as skewed, the body invention can be described as having a top and bottom that are opposing parabola. Uh, they aren't crowned as in the, as in the violin and other such instruments, nor are they arched rather the top and back of the barrel are opposing parabola. You just said that uh, the top parabola and the bottom parabola are not parallel. They are rotated from a center line to the instrument. The top having a focused parallel, uh, Having a focus parallel to a line from the t- left corner, the upper bout to the right corner of the lower bout, and the blah, dude, so much freaking math. I know. Vibrations which normally work from the short radius toward the larger radius tend to meet and cross at the convergence of the fo- foci, that point where the foci cross. So it's a foci this or guy, foci. This guy didn't want a guitar. He wanted a geometry problem. Yeah. Uh, is located as near as possible to the center of the sound hole. Another interesting thing. 
is the alignment of the neck to the body. When an ordinary guitar is laid on the table, the headstock will be in the air. Uh, with this one, the headstock will bear on the table. This is because the fretboard rises towards the arch of the top of the body, resulting in a wraparound configuration of the instrument. The rotation of the br- bridge is only 7 degrees relative to the nut. Not enough to scare anybody, but enough to make playing the instrument more relaxing compared to ordinary guitar. This sounds This sounds like... Um, He's done a lot of thinking. This sounds like a thing that you would play at the fair. You would see at the fair, and you would look at it and be like, that is so weird. In the like the wood shop area, at, yeah, at the county fair, and be like, I can see why this is a thing. Like I understand that you know the upper part of the body, which is to say the half that is towards your face when you're playing acoustic, right? Just kind of has that like strat cutaway thing going on. Um, There's a lot of like. Like I, I'm sure this thing plays fine, and it probably sounds fine, but a lot of the craftsmanship that went into this looks sloppy to me. Like, look at, like all the glue that's in the neck joint. Right. So there. Well, that's probably why this is only uh, six hundred, five hundred and fifty dollars. And there's something about the binding on the edge that just makes it look really clumsy. Like the wood he used was like a really thick or something. I know that's not what's going on, but and the headstock with the the 4x2 tuner setup, it looks really bad to me. There's a lot of a, yeah, the a lot of the headstock seems really large. More unnecessarily like, large. Like ugly glue stuff going on in the neck joint on the on the lower bout here. And just something about it looks completely garage made, you know? Like I, I I I see what he's trying to do with the whole twisted guitar thing and trying to go for ergonomics, and he has some sort of math problem in his mind that he thinks is going to make guitars better and whatnot. But I don't I don't think this is going to catch on. Sorry, dude. I don't think that patent's going to make you a million dollars anytime soon. What do you think, Steve? Not in this not in this uh, version at least. Um, I you know what. Yeah, now he's, if if he took this concept and took it to a luthier, like a skilled luthier, and they massaged it a little bit more, maybe pulled it back from being so extreme, someone would buy this. Someone would be interested. Well, I wonder how much is the you know it's the extreme of the body because he talks about the neck a lot, and uh, I'm, I'm actually reading about the lace one, which they call a dual. Com- they, which also has a dual compound split radius fingerboard. Right. Whatever that means. Um, and this actually was... Um, this actually came out in like 2000. I did not know that. This guitar or the lace? The lace. Yeah, the lace has been out for quite a while. Um, I remember remember that guitar show we went to. But way before we were doing the podcast down in Del Mar. Yeah, did they have them there? Yeah, there was a, the Lace Helixes there, and I tried one there for the first time. Oh, that was interesting. like a decade ago. It was forever ago. Um, yeah, also, like, it just feels like there's too much wood involved with this guitar. I feel like with a good acoustic guitar, they've shaved away as much wood as possible. Just the thickness of the neck where it meets the body that huge chunk of wood that doesn't look like it's going to be great to me. 
maybe my theory on acoustics right now is super wrong, but having a huge block of wood like that, like it's ridiculous how how much wood is there in that neck heel. Yeah. Uh, so the um, this patent's actually from 1984. From him or from Lace? From him. All right. Um, so I'm looking, I'm just reading about different, the original acoustics apparently were like $1,800. Did you find the patent? No, I'm looking, I Googled the name and I'm finding like oh, the okay. source and seeing like, so he used to have like a split headstock, which is actually, I think a lot better looking. Show even to me. It's weird. It's like a split level headstock. Oh, weird. Can you send me that picture or save it at least? There you go. That is weird. Now, this guy's got big ideas for sure. I don't know. Do you have something interesting to say about this? I don't know. I, I'd be interested in playing it, but I don't know that I'd be actually interested in like doing anything else with it. Yeah, like you wouldn't want to like take it on a picnic or something like that. Apparently, the uh, according to Internet Archive, he retired and stopped making instruments in 2012. So... Now this is rare, right? Super rare. 550 bucks, guys. You want a twisted acoustic guitar. There it is. I'd like to... The twist on the neck is also... It's only an 8-degree twist, so I think the it's a lot less of a twist yeah. than... Um... I kind of wish he had gone into his thinking with the bridge with that uh, saddle and stop bar sort of design. That's another it's part. Just a, it's probably just a look. That's another part where I'm like, isn't that m more wood than you'd want on an acoustic guitar? Isn't the ideal to like shave down to the least amount of wood needed? It's just a lot of extra. I mean, on I this don't. Guitar. I don't know that. Um, oh man, this site has like a bunch of them. Interesting. I don't know that it really matters to be honest. Really? You think like if you uh, had a really thick wooden top on an acoustic guitar would be fine. No. Okay. From a top perspective. Yeah. I think the thickness of the wood on the top does matter. I'm saying in terms of this bridge, uh, in terms of like the total wood use, I don't know if this is really like has that much more wood than like the old Gibson mustache bridges that were like ginormous. No, this has got more wood than that. I don't know. You can't tell how thick it is. Can you tell how thick it is? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of glue going on there. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of extra going on here. Uh, you got anything new, Steve? I don't want to talk about this guitar my, my my whole life. Let's talk about other stuff. I thought I had something new, but I don't know what. <laughs> I did a uh, I did an offer up deal. Yeah. Uh, the other night, uh, this guy hit me up and he's like, "Hey, would you want to trade your uh, TC Electronic uh, Honeypot Fuzz for a TC Electronic Rusty Fuzz? <laughs> and I said, yes, I would like to do that because the Honeypot Fuzz is a muff-style fuzz. Uh, I had gotten the Rusty Fuzz right. first when that line came out, and uh -huh. I really liked it, but I had sold it. Because I or I gave it away or something like that because right. I was like, oh, I'm going to get their other fuzz. It might have been one of the wheel of pedals. It might have been wheel of pedals uh, add-ons. So I agreed to his straight trade. Uh, so I got a brand new, fresh, rusty fuzz. Uh, and then also he was interested in buying my Dan Electro uh, uh, flanger. What was it called? The Psycho Flanger? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I finally sold that thing, um, which is like the heaviest pedal I've ever encountered in my life. Did the originals have soft switches? Yeah. 
Oh. And it's like a relay switch. Like the, the funky thing about these TC pedals is the pedal doesn't turn on when you press the switch. It turns on when you release right, the switch. Right, right. That's what it is. So that's like the funky thing about it. Um, well, this one is better than the honey pot, right? Because this has the fuzz knob instead of the distortion knob. You beat me to it. <laughs> no, the, the, the honey pot has a sustain knob, and that's what's better. Oh, okay. Uh, so um, the, the guy who, who I did the trade with and, and did the deal with, a, a young guy like college age, very excited, very enthusiastic, had a lot of ideas about guitar gear, and uh, I was just kind of impressed with his energy and was just letting him talk and talk and talk. And I didn't want to like correct him or like ask him questions about his ideas. Cause I could tell he was just having such a great time, but he would just drop these nuggets on me. There was like, Oh yeah, this one's just a better fuzz or it's a better pedal because it's got this sustain knob on it instead of a fuzz knob. Like the fuzz knob just sounds uh, just too fuzzy to me and just like, too broken up like you you want to i want a sustain knob instead so right like, sustains it's like well i didn't want to tell him like on a muff style pedal the sustain knob is the fuzz knob it's like on a washing machine like super mega load it's the same as super load on another washing machine if it just means maximum load like it's the same it right. describes the same right. function uh he had a lot of funny ideas about flangers uh he had funny ideas about amps and stuff like that. Like he was telling me all about his line six amp and how much he loves it. And how great it is. He didn't tell me, but it's, it was clearly an amp that was preloaded with a bunch of effects and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And maybe it is. I mean, maybe it's great for him, but I was just kind of basking in the glow of this dude and his enthusiasm right. for playing guitar for the gear that he's learning about. He clearly is learning about stuff for the new time for the first time. Uh Um, And you're just like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh money, please. (laughs) I was, you know, it made me feel nostalgic for my youth for when I didn't feel like I knew all this stuff and everything was new to me and exciting to me. And there was like exploration to it. Like I was, you know, it's, I was a little jealous. Honestly, it's funny how everything and I don't know what this this person's experience is, um, but it's interesting how I think everything sounds good until it's next to something else. Mm, sure, you know, we you you had actually you did the video and it gets a lot of views on the on your old crate GX. Right, right. And a lot of people are saying like, "This sounds better than I remember. This sounds worse than I remember." And and it's because I didn't do a comparison. And and I have a <laughs> I had the GFX fifteen, and I, what I will say about that amp is. The amp sounded fine until the amp sounded okay in a bedroom. Like it sounded fine in a right, bedroom. Right, right. And when you put it into a room where I was the only electric guitar player in a in like a in a long rectangular church building with a microphone on it, it sounded passable. But as soon as like I had that amp sitting next to my hot rod deluxe, right. and I had a hot rod deluxe, it was like, why would I ever play this? amp ever again right but then now the challenge was convincing all of the sound people like yeah we can find somewhere to put a 40 watt tube amp. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah can we just shove it in this closet uh yeah can we not have it backed up against all of this old sheet music though because it might light it on fire that <laughs> was that was something i had to do when uh i was shooting out the uh the fender gt40 because right. i just kept going like this amp sounds 
off to me and it sounds wrong and it wasn't translating through the videos because it, was, it has those two like six inch speakers and yeah. they were like out of phase. I should have put, thrown a mic on each speaker and done them both at the same time to, to show it. But anyways, to finally communicate how I felt about the amp, I had to shoot it out against my uh, Roland Microcube that has like a torn speaker. Right. And it sounds like it's farting out if you turn it up and it sounded like really kind of close. Like, or like where you were kind of like, maybe the microcube even sounds a little bit better. And it's like, that's what I had to do to compare it to something and, and communicate. Like there's something wrong with this amp. It doesn't, right. it doesn't sound good, you know? Right. Um, so I think there's, yeah, definitely comparison is something to consider. So yeah, he's, he, he probably doesn't have any experience with other amps or anything like that. I mean, he was fine. He was playing guitar fine. Uh, his guitar was fine. He had like a Schecter Diamondback or something like that. Mm-hmm. He was showing me pictures of a bass that he bought. He got he scored this Epiphone Thunderbird bass for oh cool 120 bucks. Oh dang! And I was like, oh, that looks pretty great for 120 bucks. I'm yeah. a little jelly of that. I'm thing. like, uh, I'm I've I think I want to. I definitely want to get a Thunderbird bass at some point. I don't know if I'm going to go in uh, full Gibson, you know, I, I just don't think I can justify going full Gibson, but I want to go at least, uh, some kind of like, I keep going back because you can get the Epiphone, uh, Thunderbird fours, like the standard model for under like two fifty every yeah, once in yeah. a while. So, uh, but then it's like, I really think I want the pro model, which is the, see you with a Thunderbird, the base, pro model, sure. the pro model is just the episode episode. The Epiphone version of the Gibson. You're listening to Epiphone 302 of 60 Cycle yeah. Hum right now. Um, <laughs> it's it, it the pro version is the Epiphone version of the Gibson. So it's a neck through body. It's like right, all right. the upgraded parts and whatever. But it's you know it's an import. Uh, the standard version is a bolt on neck. And I'm like ah just yeah yeah I don't know. Probably I should did... sell off some of my other bases first. So many bases. Saw something. Yeah, I guess I only have two bases, right? Yeah. You get that third base. Now you're playing baseball or having sex. Is that how it works? Third base is, I mean, everybody define, gets to define what sex is for themselves. Right, right. That's true. That is very progressive of you, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a fun time. I'm glad I got Somewhere to. Somewhere some homeschool kid is listening to this and be like, like if you've ever wanted to kiss, if you've ever hugged a girl, you've had sex, <laughs> unless they're related to you. Unless, <laughs> oh my gosh, shut up! <laughs> oh man, Steve loves making fun of homeschoolers. I was homeschooled, by the way. I know. Yeah, I've got two kids. I've had sex twice at least. I had to hug pretty hard to make that happen. That's some aggressive hugging. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and Steve's I feel just like, saying. I feel like your family is one of the more normal homeschool families. Like your 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 like your parents are one of the more normal homeschool parents. It there's a wide that range, I've known. There's a wide range of people out there, man. When I'm when I say like oh homeschool kids, I'm definitely not thinking of. I'm thinking of the kids that I knew that your sister, like, actively... You're thinking about mime people. Yes. My sister was in a Christian mime group. 
Yeah. But I'm saying like, but that's even mime. Ex- that's mime people. The Venn diagram there of homeschool overlapping mime people. <laughs> yeah, you get some characters. You get some interesting families in that, Steve. Yeah, you get the. You know. Anyway. <laughs> You want you want to get into the money zone? We're stealing from. I keep saying that is we're stealing from a podcast network. Um, so anyway, this first Addison, or this first this first uh, episode sponsor is Chase Blitz Audio, makers of fine and graphical. What the hell? I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm you're doing riffing. right now. I'm just riffing. Yeah, you're doing it bad. I should have let you make that quesadilla. <laughs> Try against. Yeah, you need food. You need uh, to power your body with calories. Uh, I gave you pretzels this, when this you got here. sponsor is uh, Chase Plus Audio. Ch- uh, they make great pedals. They make a dirt box. They make EQ box. They make a reverb box. They, they make, make they make they make a delay box. They make a box that makes your sound sound all wobbly, and then one that makes your sound go up and down, and the one that makes your sound all gritty and and exactly and it makes exactly. You, it makes your sound be- uh, different than you sounded before. If you're looking for any of these kinds of sounds, head on over to ChasePlusAudio.com. Um, their pedals just have lots of switches and knobs. Yes. Uh, if you're looking for a good like dollar to switch ratio and dollar to knob ratio on your pedals, that's where it's at. Chase Bliss, Chase Bliss pedals, like you're not going to find a better value. Like maximum amount of switches, maximum yeah. amount of knobs, maximum amount of of just tone. Yeah. Locked up in they're, these pedals. They're great pedals. They have do a ton of things. Uh, just go check them out. Go watch the. The demos that Knobs uh, has done for yeah. all of their pedals. You know what Christmas is coming um, up? You daisy chain a bunch of those together, wrap them around your tree. You don't even need lights anymore. You've got a tree full of Chase Plus pedals, and they work as your Christmas gifts as well. Give one to everyone in the family. Chase Plus Audio, Digital Brain, Analog Heart. <laughs> they make pedals more creative than you are. This next sponsor is uh, also sponsoring this episode is uh, Diderio. Uh, Diderio wants us to tell you about their XT string. It's a fantastic string that combines the highest uh, levels of Diderio string technology. It, it uh, brings. I in like the them fu- so much. I got a dozen of them. It, uh, it integrates the fusion wrap from the NYXL string and the was it the carbon steel. Uh, with an ultra, ultra thin coating that goes on all of the strings. It's going to give you super long life, but keeps them from feeling like that gummy feel that oh, so yeah. many uh, uh, coated keeps, strings have. Keeps you from feeling like you're playing with a giant's dental floss. Eww. Yeah, gross, right? And used dental floss. Go I check them out. Se- I haven't seen how these wear in yet. I'm just throwing them around here. Um, but uh, the thing I always hated with coated strings is like over time like they would start to flake yeah, and get all nasty and weird looking and not in the way a guitar string usually looks nasty. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if these will do it. I don't think they will. I don't think the, they will. The, the think... coating is so thin that if it does start to flake as you've worn it in over years or whatever, I think you're not even going to notice it. Yeah. Same. Yeah. We'll find out. Go check tune, out the links. Tune, tune in in a year and a half when we figured it out. Go check out the links in the show notes to learn more. This next one, I need to find the link for it. It's a, it's a topic based on an article that someone posted to the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, what's wrong with y'all? Did I not send you the link? Homecrux.com is where this came from. Homecrux.com. Uh, this is an article that uh, Mark Kaufman shared this to the group. 
He says, if you had an instrument you couldn't salvage, would you resort to making it a craft project like one of these? And the the headline is 16 creative ways to recycle old guitar into home decor items. They didn't say home. It doesn't even say recycle old guitars. It says old guitar. I sent you the link. Uh, first on this list is an old guitar turned into a beautiful dollhouse with a lot of detailing. This is what it looks like after recycling. Cool idea, isn't it? No, it's not. It looks really bad to me. <laughs> Does this look good to you? It looks like a thing. What? Here, here's the way to do this right, in my opinion. Okay. Not do this giant weird cut in front of the guitar to reveal a dollhouse inside, because the cut doesn't look like anything. Right. There's no reason for that shape other than to reveal the dollhouse inside. I think it would be better if they just took the entire top off. I think that... Just is, take your top off. Just take your top off for your dollhouse. Uh, <laughs> I do like the detail of there being a little guitar inside the dollhouse. So you get some guitar in guitar action. Yeah. Um, the way I would do this is to leave the front of the guitar intact and then have a little light switch on there where you can flick it on and people are like, oh, is there something in that guitar? And when they get up close to the guitar, they look into the sound hole and they see a whole little world hiding inside the guitar. So or, you're saying like take the top off and then put it back on after you've put everything. Or inside? take the back off and build it onto the back and then ah, slide it in. You know, or put the the top back on or something like that. Make it a little mystery box where you look in and you are treated to a mysterious world hiding in this guitar that's just hanging on your wall and otherwise looks like a regular guitar. Because I think this looks dumb. This weird misshapen cutout on yeah, the top. Yeah, it's kind of non- it's a just, nonsensical shape. Just to turn it into a dollhouse. And like, who are you building a dollhouse for that's like, I want a dollhouse that's in a guitar. No, someone who wants a dollhouse because they want a dollhouse wants a dollhouse. Yeah. They want a dollhouse-shaped dollhouse that looks like a house, not a guitar. The This entire, I mean, there's not like a f- picture pulled out of it, but it looks like, the neck is fully attached still too, so you're right. gonna have to like lean this against something the whole time. This could be a nice added if you like cut the neck off. You could make this an added, uh, like an added building to an existing dollhouse. Ah. So you have a dollhouse, and then it's like it's like it's a, like a skyscraper like in how, the background. It's like how Co has his uh his recording room, you know, is out is out in the yard. Yeah, like yeah. it's a shed. This would be like the added shed to your child's dollhouse, a two-story music room that's built into a musical instrument. Number two on the list. Guitar chair back is an amazing idea to repurpose your broken guitar. The awesome chairs made by Pablo. I don't care. I don't care who made it. Uh, <laughs> no, this looks dumb. I hate this. This is actually two guitars. Yeah, you're sitting this- on a guitar and you've got a guitar on your back. And the sad thing about this is that that guitar body is salvageable. Both of the bodies. Oh, you it's could... in better shape than the Beretta from last episode. Yeah, absolutely. And instead of just having a stool, which surely came with those stool legs. Yeah. You've ruined two potentially functional guitars and made a stool that's not going to be comfortable at all. No one wants to sit on, gu- on a guitar. It's not a comfortable shape for sitting when, on. When your guitar gets old, turn it into a CD shelf like this one. This is number three. It can also be a great gift for people who love music. No, it's not. <laughs> Super isn't. First of all, <laughs> this article came out in 2017. 
who the hell is buying CD shelves? Yeah. I actually have, I probably a, not too long before this article would have actually been published was when I took all of my CDs out of their jewel cases and threw away all the cases and just put all the CDs into sleeves. I kept all the booklets in like backs somewhere. This next one, number four, is like a variation on that, but someone made a spice rack out of a guitar. I don't totally hate this. I don't totally hate it either. I think it's funny that the guitar is facing the wall, like the fretboard is facing the wall. I think this would be charming in a, like a little cabin or something like that. Yeah. But it is it the way it's presented is pretty ghetto and pretty like haphazard. The way stuff is just kind of like leaning in there. And this <laughs> Well, it's only the stuff on the bottom. I actually like how on the top uh it goes from short to tall. Yeah. <laughs> There's something very haphazard about it. Number five is probably on the back of every hard rock cafe. Oh, my gosh. This unique custom beer tap uh, handle is made from an electric guitar. has a nice compact size of 1.25 inches by 1 inch by 6 inch. Why are they telling us um, no, it's the size? And it fits all standard beer faucets. That is not one. In- what is one inch? I don't know. I don't know what sizes they're talking about here, but oh, this is a beer. This isn't even. This is a beer tap handle holder. I think. I can't tell what's going on here. Moving on. Yeah, there's just like this article is just Pinterest copy pasta. Where like there's no sense or rhyme or reason to the headlines. Guitar, wine, and sunset. A romantic. Ryan, are you telling me? Are you trying to tell me right now? That Mahul Thakur is not a legitimate uh, journalist. I don't know who that is. You don't I've think never heard the Mahul person. Thakur. Mahul is a master's in mass communications and journalism. Her name means cloud, and she is as bubbly as one. What? When not riding on home decor, Mahul could be seen hiking a cliff or driving her car. Mahul has a dream to participate in world racing championships someday. Steve, have you, have you ever driven a car? I have. Do you consider that to be a significant part of your personality? (laughs) You can find Steve any day driving a car. We're going to write bios for the 60 Cycle Hum website someday, and it's going to be on the weekend. Steve likes to drive a car. (laughs) Ryan enjoys consuming a meal. Steve has been known to to visualize, to, to use his visual receptors to consume information from a television on Saturday nights. Oh my god! Number six, guitar, wine, and sunset. A romantic combination, but in a different way. What? These old acoustic guitars are repurposed into beautiful wine racks uh, to display your expensive wine collection. This first one is a Takamini. Probably like a cheap one, but still. The second one is just an actual like guitar style decoration you could buy from yeah not an actual guitar. like a like a craft fair or something like that and it's it's ugly in the way that wine lovers like ugly things like i'll say that i will say that uh this takamine has two bottles of i think it's two bottles of apothic and one bottle of menage a trois which is probably the right level of wine to put into it's uh, an, old an old Takamini. I do kind of like the decoration level of like the holes drilled and the backlit Takamini thing going on. Like if you have a non-functional guitar and you want to do something creative with it, 
like still hang it on the wall so it looks like a guitar, but then do something fun like that to turn it into a lamp or right. something. Well, the crazy thing is this still has strings on it. This guitar is still functional. <laughs> yeah, just leave your wine in there and play it. Put put a big crazy straw in the wine bottle and knock <laughs> yourself out. I li- I like the idea of putting a guitar on the wall that's non-functional and it has a secret about it. It looks like a guitar while it's sitting there, but then you could like flip it open and it's like a secret like container for something. The bottom photo on the wine one is going that direction where like it doesn't like if I did this, it would have a hinge on the front of the guitar right. so it could open up. And you're like, oh, here's my secret bottle. Have you seen number seven yet? I haven't yet. Number uh, seven, this wall-mounted cabinet is made using an old acoustic guitar with six small compartment doors that are made from leftover wood panels of other guitars. But that doesn't look like a secret. I'm talking about it because it looks like a like a cabinet. But I'm saying like you could – With all, this, all these ugly hinges right, but on I'm it. I'm saying like you could just put hinges on one side and now the entire front opens. Right, right. That's what I want. Like I want a guitar hanging on the wall and it's like, oh, Ryan never plays that guitar – you go over and you touch it and you realize the front opens up and I've got a bottle of Johnny Walker in there and like a couple shot glasses and maybe like a cigar waiting for like me. Like the $100 bottle of like Johnny Walker? It's daddy's emergency cabinet. You oh, know? okay. Well, yeah. So it probably would not have Johnny Walker in it. It would have Kirkland Scott. <laughs> well, yeah, you know me, but you get... Well, no, I'm saying like, is this a secret stash? Because it's like, that's where you keep the good stuff that you don't want... Super, super drunk episode, Steve, to I don't, get fine when he raids yeah. the, the liquor cabinet. I don't want people to raid my liquor cabinet and find this stuff. It's my secret stash. It's like, or yeah. it's like hanging next to my desk up in my, my office and like, oh, four o'clock. I got to <laughs> hit the bottle to get me through the last hour of my day. Guitar bookshelf, a great way to recycle an old acoustic guitar. The beautiful DIY shelf can hold your books in a style, in style, and it won't t- take much time to make one. There's the first picture does not have any books on it. Oh, I guess it has two books on it. They are American English and American phrases. I guess this is fine. I had one of these Lumix cameras. They sucked. What do you think we're using right now, dude? Well, I'm just saying this one in this picture. Oh, <laughs> we're literally filming this with a Lumix. <laughs> Maybe what I had wasn't. I think the Lumix's. I think the shelf thing is fine. For number eight, like hollow out a, a take the back off an acoustic guitar and put shelves in there and make it look classy and hang it on the wall and put your knickknacks in there. I don't care. It, it's not as offensive as the next one, which is number nine. Just putting a bunch of coat hanger hooks onto a guitars and then bolting it to the wall to hang stuff. I think that looks atrocious. They've ruined these guitars that were otherwise probably fine i mean it, they're first at guitars so they well the, they're also uh, hanging them upside down why would they do that oh it's because they couldn't figure out how to screw into the pit guard so they wanted to screw into wood and they wanted the hooks to be at the bottom of this thing dumb dumb uh, the last one dumb. is a squire bass neck this isn't the last one is it no i'm saying the last picture from the set oh, is okay. a squire bass neck and somebody took one of the bass pegs and like put it into like use use the tuning pegs as vertical hooks oh my gosh. and then took what looked like door stops and put those into the neck and then put like pot like um knob knobs on them the wall hanger thing it, it hurts because like they didn't just like repurpose a guitar they they ruined a guitar yeah it's kind of Something absurd come in the mail 
We doing a live unboxing, Ryan? BE pedals. I don't What's know BE what, pedals. I don't know what this is. Did you buy something? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, it's Big Ear. Oh, Big Ear. Maybe we'll cut that open in a little bit. Is that a thing we're supposed to? I know what it is. I know what it is. Don't okay. worry. Uh, no, it's not a sponsorship thing. Um, no, no, I just didn't know if that was a thing that uh, because I know he's working on some some stuff. That no, 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 no. Number ten, display your passion for music by transforming an old and torn guitars into beautiful lamps. We already did lamps with the talking meaning one with the wine bottle. But Ryan, lamps is how you display your passion for music. (laughs) Passion. I mean, I am on record for saying that you can turn anything you can drill a hole into into a lamp. Oh, guitar Um, doorbell. Guitar doorbells are neat in guitar stores and not neat anywhere else. No, I, this is a sort of concept where you hang an acoustic guitar over a door and then you have a little thing to scrape the strings every time the door opens. Yeah, I think that's fine in, an, in a guitar store, but yeah, definitely not at home. That would drive me bananas. Recycle your old guitar into a beautiful ceiling light. <sighs> we already did lamps. No, this looks bad. But Ryan, they put one, two, three, four, five, six bulbs into a Telecaster pod. Why? Oh my gosh. You know what? Number 13 is the one that I feel is the most attractive to me. It was go green by recycling your old guitar into a lovely hanging or standing planter for your living room. I wouldn't do it in my living room. I've got an old classical guitar sitting in a closet that's all busted up and not ever going to be playable again. I would hang it in a tree in my backyard or on a fence post. And let the tree grow, like let the plants just naturally you know, like, grow into it. Maybe like put a planter in there, like with a succulent hanging out, or maybe let like a bird turn it into a birdhouse or mm, something like that. That let would it, be cool. Like let it age and weather outside. I think that would be fun. Oh, they've got a picture of one here, like the guitar is cut in half and it's a planter sitting on a table. That's kind of fun. I like the idea of uh, so for the first one, this tiny. A ukulele thing there's like a little pot and a vine coming out of it but i like the idea of just filling the entire like drill a couple like actually just take out the the peg right for the uh the strap peg that's on the butt and then just fill the whole thing with dirt yeah and then it'll drain out i, mean, of the I guess it kind of has to like lean out somewhere because you need some level of sunlight and yeah i guess you would want to use a vine of some kind sure I like the idea of using uh, like a guitar that is not ever going to be functional again as like a planter that'll like rot and return to the earth yeah. in your backyard. I think that's fun. What about clocks, right? Yeah, clocks are dumb. I don't want to talk about these dumb <laughs> guitar clocks. Uh, something even dumber. Guitar speaker. More fun to talk about is this stupid guitar speaker thing where they've cut holes into acoustic guitars and mounted like car speakers. Car speakers. <laughs> you know, load up your. Load up your acoustic with your Alpines. Ryan, this writer says that these speakers are awesome. They're not. This is a bad idea. You should not do this. Said he got the idea of repurposing old guitars while throwing a broken boombox in the trash. <sighs> Kitchen garden is a special thing for your home. Make it more special with it's a another shelf. Pod. It's another shelf. But this one has plant. It's a shelf with plants, Ryan. For your kitchen garden. Don't show this to your wife. The bottom one doesn't even have kitchen herbs in it or anything like that. Just get guitars that work and throw away guitars that don't work. Or put plants in them. I don't care. Friggin' Pinterest. I hate Pinterest. How do you feel about Pinterest, Steve? Um... 
I feel fine about Pinterest. Pinterest has ruined the internet for people like I me don't really use who Pinterest. like to search for images and recipes and things like that. If you land on a Pinterest page, it is impossible to get the information you were trying to get. I hate Pinterest. Screw you, Pinterest. Yeah. Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. This next ad was sent by Cody Hanlon. He says, "Ever anyone ever take a chance on a supposedly sign, on supposedly signed gear?" I picked up this K for $75 today. The signatures I can make out are Stevie Ray Vaughan, BB King, Sonny Boy Williamson, and maybe Muddy Waters. Unsure about the others. At worst, I paid $70, $75 for a cool wool hanger. At best, who knows? Anyone know a good way to get autographs authenticated? I don't know how to get autographs authenticated. Either do I. I think you have to call up the person who signed it and ask them. Well, Did you sign this? Good luck with that because all these people are dead. Yeah. Uh, this was posted on our Facebook group, obviously, and a lot of people had opinions about certain signatures on here and whose was whose. No one could say for sure like, if any of these were authentic. Uh, the thing that's interesting to me about it is that all of these signatures were done with different writing tools, different yeah. markers, different pens, pencils, whatever. Like one of them looks like it's in green crayon. Uh, that to me, I mean, it obviously telegraphs that all these signatures were done at different times in different places, uh, which gives you an error, like a like a like an impression of authenticity. But just the collection of like big names on here makes me feel like it's too good to be true. Do you get that vibe at all? Like Stevie Ray Vaughan. And BB King. Well, it's kind of weird today that it was, and Muddy Water just picked this up because I think the way, you know, the way that this all collides is, um, is maybe because this is this is one of these K parlor guitars. They're not great. They're just kind of whatever. Right, right. That like if this this could be like a. Out of a like a blues club in some city where they're like, hey, we have this guitar on the wall. Like we have all these different guitars on the wall. Would you sign one of them? Well, I think that's what's missing here. What's missing is the story. Right. No, that's what I mean. It's like I think there is a logical explanation to it, but it's not provided. Right, right. Uh, the, The story is the way you often get... You make sure it's authentic. I couldn't say the word. Right. I couldn't make it come out. Uh, authenticity. Um, the story is the authenticity, especially if you can back it up. If someone's like, hey, this was you know, hanging on the wall in a venue, and uh, everyone who passed through in 1991 signed this thing, and it happened to be a blues club. So, of course, we yeah. have all these blues guys. Then you've got a story. Then you can call up the owner, send them a picture, and be like, hey, you recognize this? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's the guitar. Because otherwise, you're just taking it on someone's word that these are really their signatures. I mean, our our guy on the Facebook group paid seventy five bucks for this. This is a seventy five dollar, you know, cool, yeah. cool, you know, living room fun time guitar. I mean, here's here's what's going to happen with this guitar. You buy this guitar for seventy five bucks. Mm-hmm. You hang it on your wall. Time goes by. A decade goes by. Your children are like, Daddy, tell me the story of that guitar. Well, I don't know. It has all these signatures on there. I don't really know if they're real or whatnot. As you get older, the story starts changing. Like, yeah, it's got all these signatures from these guys. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's really famous, and B.B. King's really famous, and Muddy Waters and whatnot, and blah, blah. And you're telling your your kids as they get older about these 
important players. Then one day you die. Your kids are left with this guitar. And in their head, the story you told them was that you personally had these famous people sign the guitar. And this guitar is surely worth a million dollars. And they're just all fighting over it at the uh, estate sale to see who gets this guitar because they want to be the one to flip it someday (laughs) to pay for, you know, your great grandkids college or whatever. They finally take it to Antiques Roadshow and Antiques Roadshow is like, I don't know, man. There's no way to prove if this is real. (laughs) You take it to Antiques Roadshow and they're like, this is all real. This guitar is worth $40 million. (laughs) And then you were the fool because you never took it to an appraiser to figure that out yourself. Well, you're dead, so it doesn't matter. You're dead now. And your ghost is like, no, I could have been rich while I was alive. Now I just observe my family enjoying this thing I left behind. I don't know. It's a (laughs) win-win. It's a win-win. I, anyways, I think seventy five bucks. I would have probably picked this up for seventy five yeah. bucks if I saw this at a thrift store or something like that. I'd grab that for sure. Uh, I just I okay. Scale of one to ten, how authentic do you think the signatures are? Uh, Gut reaction. I'm leaning. I'm gonna say six, which is to say I'm leaning towards authentic. I'm gonna say. I think at least one of them's probably authentic. And then I'm seriously doubtful about the rest. Okay. I would be shocked if all these were authentic, but I think something started it. And then someone was like, you know what? This needs more signatures. And they kind of did it on their own and the people were dead. So they're like, well, no one's going to be able to say they aren't right. <laughs> real signatures. That's my super cynical gut reaction to this thing. They might all very well be real. Who knows? I hope they are for the sake of the person who bought it so that they can be rich because obviously signatures equal money. Money. Oh man. If you get a a famous person to write their name on something, mm, money, you are rich. Money is coming to you. Uh, We have a fun idea for the next topic. Oh, for before we do the next topic, we got a money zone, huh? Get some, get some, Bills paid. The billing department. Um, <laughs> I keep doing it. This next sponsor is mojostompboxes.com. I'm actually cruising their site right now and looking at delays because I just feel like I can't own enough delays. Even though I have delays in bags that are in uh, packages that Steve's I still haven't opened. got just filing cabinets full of delays delays for days is what he says every time i have a delay and a reverb from a black friday purchase that i made two years ago that i still haven't opened that's that's what i should that should be our our post instead of buying more stuff steve you should just open the packages you already (laughs) have really should I actually really should open that one up because I loaned so much out, so much stuff out during the 300th episode that my board is empty. Here's what you should do. You should just send me money and then open the packages and you can pretend you bought something again. Yeah. I already bought. Cause I know I you want to get that it. feeling of spending money. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh-huh. Um, no, I'm looking right now at it. Like they have a bunch of old, like eighties Ibanez stuff, a lot of eighties boss stuff. 
uh, if you are into any of those. And then there's some like weirdness, like Maxon and Yamaha pedals yeah, that are yeah. on there that are there's really some- cool. Funky cool stuff on Mojo. Uh, yeah, pedals. right now on mojostompboxes.com. Mojostompboxes.com. Free uh, international shipping on pedals. You can get $60 international shipping on guitars. They have a bit of like uh, get old guitars on there. Let's see what the first. This stuff is coming from Australia, guys. Yeah, let's see. The first guitar that comes up on here is a 2011 Edwards by ESP. Oh, they got that right Seafoam at, Jag Stang. Right, right after that is a Seafoam. I've never seen a Seafoam Jag Stang. That's super cool. Yeah. That's probably better than mine. It's probably way better it's than yours. It's got a black pickup in well, it. Well, no, no one's busted the switch on that one. You busted the switch on yours. Well, this one probably... Does this have a replace? Oh, it has has the original switch. But, original uh, switch. But a replacement pickup. Steve That's busted un- the switch. unknown replacement pickup, so not as good as mine. 1976 Aria Pro Japan, Les Paul style. There's, some, there's a lot of... Like, Australia gets a lot more of the... Uh, Japanese domestic market. Oh, totally, totally. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff like that on there. You should go check them out. Mojustoboxes.com. Yeah. This episode is also brought to you by Singular Sound, makers of the Beat Buddy. Yep, they make the Beat Buddy. They make the um, this. What's the name of the, the looper? Eros Looper? The Eros Looper, and they make the cabley little cable winder tool. They make it's uh, not little. It's like it's a cable winder like this. You put your cable. Well, like, well maybe it, it's like that big. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's. Pretty small compared to other cable winders. Yeah, I've you seen, put your like. you put your guitar cable in there. It winds it up for you with a little thing, and it's like it's like the thing that you use to wind up your extension cables. Only it's for music cables, so that you don't screw up your cables with your hasty wind job that never works out right, and you unravel it, and it just turns into a big dumb knot. Also, that arrow slooper, I want one. I'm just saying it right now. I want one. It looks really super cool. Maybe you should get one. If you you buy it on Black Friday, you'll get 10% off. And if you use code 60CycleHum, you'll save an extra $10. I can use my own code and save money for myself? That's awesome, Steve. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I'm like, we should be buying things using our own code. We're asking other people to do it. It makes sense that we would do it. And then, of course, you have the Beat Buddy, and they have the Beat Buddy Mini. I legit use um, this thing, by the yeah, way. They're, they're a really cool. Uh, they're like a really cool practice tool. They're good for making drum beats. And the thing that's, is, nice is they're that, good for making drum beats. That's what that's they the do, point. Steve. I know. I know. I'm that saying is, like, yeah, that is the whole they're, idea. They're ma- but I'm saying you're making your own beats versus like other uh, like pedal form drum tools where you're not programming it yourself it's just kind of giving you can you, you can't th- this one has an sd card slot at the top you can program your own drums and load your own drum beats into this thing i've always just used the provided drum beats i like to use like the punk rock drum beats for like making surf rock songs yeah also it's fun to get into like the blues drum beats and like jazz stuff and like the there's world drum beats in here that are a lot of fun to play with. I've never updated this one since I got it years ago. I probably should check to see if there's updates because there's probably a lot more stuff that I could have on here. It's just super easy to use, super intuitive. Like you double tap to stop your song. You hold it to go into transitions and things like that. You can perform with this. This is a tool you can perform with Mm. as a guitarist who doesn't have a drummer. Um, Other drum things I've used out there, not so much. Like I've got the Digitech Trio. The Digitech Trio is great for like making musical jokes. It comes up with hilarious <laughs> uh, you know, guesses at what you're trying to do when you play into it because it like does that sensing thing where it tries to figure out what you're playing. Not the beat buddy. You select your drum patch, you select your rhythm, you select uh, whatever you want, and it's the same every time. You can count on it. You can use it as a performance tool. So that's my pitch, guys. 
go check them out. Next thing we're going to do, you pull it up. Yeah, we pulled up something. We went on to Yahoo Answers. Well, we're emulating here one of the shows that actually had a big influence on us starting to podcast, which is My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Uh, I don't know if you still listen. I do sometimes. I do off and on. I do when I'm caught up with everything else. I listen to My Brother, My Brother, and Me weekly. Uh, Big fan of them. Uh, It's more of a general entertainment kind of show. And uh, they do a segment where they read Yahoo Answers. And I thought, hey, maybe I should look up Yahoo Answers and see if there's fun guitar stuff on there. And uh, guess what? There is. (laughs) Honestly, like Yahoo's known for just kind of the responses and the questions themselves being pretty out there. This first one that I don't know if we're going to get to others because this might just be a never-ending well of entertainment for Steve and I. Right. Guitar question. What makes guitar so special? This was asked one decade ago. (laughs) I just noticed that. (laughs) Ten years ago, someone was asking, what makes guitar so special? The very first, the top-rated answer with two thumbs up, that's what got it, and one thumbs down made it the top-rated answer is cringeworthy just full cringe starts out kind of all right guitar is special because before technology takes place this instrument is versatile it can play like a band it can play alone and serenade a guitar is also resembled to the body of a woman i think that ju- i think that just means that the instrument is made and lovingly dedicated to every female a guitar has a beautiful sound and every music it plays, especially Serenade, is like a woman's voice. So that's how I interpret the special features I see in a guitar. It's so insane that this became the top answer. Because <laughs> because when you look at the other ones, they're like, guitar is special because it's so expressive. And it's, you know, created all of these sounds. And it's super portable. And people use it in all kinds of different music. And, it, you know, it's special because it just makes you feel great and you can get your emotions out and all this thing. But this dude's like, it's special because I get hard when I play it. <laughs> that, could, that guy can't look at a guitar without, like, getting damn close to ripping his own dick off. Like <laughs> This one time I saw a Stratocaster and I saw thought that whammy bar is just like my own wang. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to call that a wang stick. <laughs> I actually like this answer. I haven't read the whole thing, so we'll see where it goes. Guitars are special because of the way they make you feel. $10 or $1,000 makes no difference. It's what it does for you. Holding it, hearing it, and feeling it. Guitars are the most spiritual instrument of all because of their versatility and variation. Okay, now he's starting to lose me. They can rock, sing, cry, and love. Most of all, they can vibrato and pitch bend. Which most other instruments can't plug into an amp, and the sky is the limit. Violins can vibrato and pitch bend? He lost me with the spirituality thing. I'm pretty sure accordion is the most spiritual instrument. Sorry, guys. I'm just saying, like, all of these other answers, don't need to go through them all. Just all of them talk about, like, something about guitar. Uh, Somebody says... Never heard anyone say it was special. It's an instrument. Play or listen to it if you enjoy. And if you don't, then why ask a stupid-ass question like this? My man, that's my guy. (laughs) Guitar is a really special instrument. Without guitar, unpleasant to song, so guitar is important. Good point. These are just absurd. 
Are there other well, like give does this give suggestions for other questions? I have no idea. What is the instrument in Alan John's Your Song? Here we go. What's the highest slash lowest you can tune all six guitar strings before they will either break or get too loose to make a descent sound? Oh, you mean a descent sound? Wound classical strings are quite fragile, particularly the fourth, which is D. Uh, but this person says they can tune a, the D a semitune sharp for open A, but would be unwilling to go further, although the composite D might survive higher pitch. There's a lot of weird answers here. Uh, actually, no, they're not that weird. But um, I don't know, man. I I, I, I was thinking about like bit. this whole yacht. I'm thinking about this whole like guitar special thing and just how how did this one an- was that the only answer given at the time? No, it's just it got two thumbs up and none of the others got a thumbs up at all. So it made it to the top. One person says that so some of our have replied and this person said the sound it makes when you strum the strings and the guitar looks really cool. Plus it's fun to play and it's the greatest instrument in the world. What song does it need a guitar? And somebody replied, Skrillex doesn't need a guitar. That's one of the reasons I hate him. Gosh, (laughs) but that's what I'm saying. So this one answer got two thumbs up, one thumbs down. But it's one of two answers that was actually put up a de- or maybe three, four, three answers that existed. So basically, there were only three answers. Right. All of these other from a decade ago. The next answer after that comes like five years later. Come on, Yahoo. I feel like we've got to do a deep dive into Yahoo and find some more of these gems because that was a special little treat. That was nifty. <laughs> Nifty what do you guys think? Should Steve and I rip off my brother my brother me some more and do some more Yahoo answers? Uh, let's get to this last ad and then get the heck out of here. Got to get ready for Thanksgiving. It's coming up this week, Steve. Yeah, this last ad is a preparation guitar. Who sent this in? Um, Anton Kustra? Sorry if I mingled your last name. Why am I not seeing it on the drive? It's the last one. Oh, because it's called What the What? Yeah, that's what Does I... this work? If it do, holy smokes, that's some preparation. All right. Yeah, so this is a what's called a prepared guitar. Steve actually knows stuff about this sort of thing. I was completely in the dark till he started explaining it to me. Yeah, so I listened to... Pre-show. I think it was um, the... Uh, I don't know. I don't remember what the name of the podcast is, but it's pre- pre- presented by New Sounds. Um, let me see if I can find it. So Soundcheck. This- it's the Soundcheck podcast. They had a they had somebody on who does a prepared piano, what's called prepared piano. Basically, the idea behind a prepared instrument is that you're adding like objects or different things to the instrument to to generate very specific sounds. And um, somebody mentioned like, oh, couldn't you achieve a lot of these things with um, with just like different tunings or or with well, we should explain what we're looking at here before we even yeah, talk so, about so, what you could and couldn't do with this. Sure. So basically, the main neck of this guitar has uh, one, two, three, six strings. One of the strings is actually completely off of the body, and it's like a super yeah, it's low bass string wrapped underneath the neck of the guitar. There's another or over the top of it. There's another bass string. There are two of the strings go like under a like a zero fretish kind of a thing there are 
little holes cut into the fretboard all over the fretboard that allow these little plastic inserts to act as individual capos. Right. And that's why, that's why the idea of like, Oh, couldn't you just tune the guitar doesn't work no, because this thing yeah. goes up and down the entire neck. So like the highest string, you would not be able to actually tune it that high. Nor would like you'd have to have like the craziest. What what your what this person what you're able to do with this is actually um, if you've ever seen someone who uses like cut capo right. But this is like if you use like it's just well, the you're way able this, to you're able to set very specific drone strings to right. accompany and, the thing you're going to play on other strings. And so in like this uh, this one picture that shows mo like a large portion of the neck. You'd need like five different capos right, to right. achieve this, right? Also, there's two other guitar necks sticking out the sides of the guitar body uh, with no frets, but some kind of device to allow some sort of tension to be applied to the strings for some reason. I don't know quite what's going on there. I actually watched videos of the guy playing these things, and I never saw him touching those other two necks. They might just be like pure, purely like, droning. Just sympathetic resonance from those things. Yeah. And then maybe they're only used on like certain things. Uh, the performance I listened to of her paired piano, the, uh, the woman was like adding like screws at specific points in the piano. Right. And like the screws would move for different songs or like you'd put like a piece of metal over like just a certain like four sets of strings on a piano. So only when you play in that range, would it make a certain vibration? Um, apparently this was pioneered by, um, John Cage. Uh-huh. who was like an experimental composer. He's probably most famous for fourth, the song four thirty three. Oh, okay. Which was, uh, four minutes and 33 seconds of silence. Of silence. Yeah. But I believe the sheet music was just like, it was just a single rest for like four minutes and 33 or something like that. Right. 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 And, um, the interesting thing is songs that have or other recording artists who have incorporated long periods of silence into, um, my understanding, at least that other artists who have incorporated long periods of silence into songs, uh, the cage estate. Cause I believe he's dead now. Um, I'm pretty sure he's dead. They go after um, them for royalties, tried to go after royalties. And basically it's been thrown out because, uh, the judges or the defense has basically said, you're saying that my client has stolen from your song. Can you please indicate which specifically which measures have been borrowed? Because it's four minutes. So because they can't say like, right. oh, well, it was this, this, you know, measures nine through 16 on, you know, page 12, uh, that there's no case because it lacks specificity. Well, that's one way to say that it's a dumb thing to sue over, but <laughs> I think anyone could get behind that that's not a thing to sue over. Silence. Guess what? I make silence all the time. Do you? Yeah. Believe it or not, I will sit there and not make noises at all. It's not me playing a song when I do it. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I I, I want to go and watch the videos. I didn't have time to check out the videos of, of this. I love um, how it much... It kind like- of gets into, like, the... I feel like it kind of gets into the, um, um, yes, of, of like the Chapman stick kind of uh, side yeah, of yeah. things, but it's way more experimental. I mean, no, the, the, the guy's videos, he was playing actual music. Like he right. was playing like kind of folky, like 
finger style oh, okay. stuff on this. It wasn't like esoteric or non, uh, you know, approachable or something like that. Like he was playing songs. Uh, I also really like just all the little custom bits of hardware. Like all the tuners on here look like he machined them out of metal and you have to tighten the, the strings by like busting out like a socket wrench or something like that. I mean, there's a lot of custom things going on here. And the guy builds a bunch of other guitars. He's got a lot on uh, his YouTube channel. So I'd say go check that out. This is a really interesting piece. I uh, I couldn't tell anyone whether or not to buy it. I don't know if you can even buy it or not. But is it for? I don't think it's for sale. I no, think it's, I just, think it's a just like an article. He's probably building them just for himself and has no intention to sell them at all. You know what we didn't do? What? We didn't do housekeeping. Housekeeping. Do it for me, Steve, and then we'll uh, do then the we'll song get and get out of here. here. Yeah. This. Um, so this week, uh, big shouts to uh, Martin Caldwell, who joined us at the $5, which is the best friends level. So he's, I actually already sent a little pack of stickers and picks out to him. Cool. And uh, at the $1 level, Peter Stevens. And, you know, uh, regardless of what level people support us at uh, financially, everyone who sends us ads, you know, and topics like that keeps this show going, too. Uh, there's lots of ways to cont- contribute financially or or just, you know, uh, by doing the field work, I guess, you know. Just uh, be part it, of our community. Exactly. Joining yeah. the community, supporting the community. Yeah. Uh, but if you do want to support financially, head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle hum cast. And, uh, and yeah, th- throw down at the $5 level. I send you some some stuff. At the $10 level, you get into our boss la- behind the scenes group. Our and inner um, circle, the inner circle. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. Thanks everyone who's supporting. Um, I need uh, to update you that list for you. Yeah, please do that. Um, this song was sent by Lewis McKay. That's another way to support the show is to send a song to 60 cycle humcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's an instrumental song called I'm fine either way, as long as I can stay. And while this plays, Steve and I will take a look at what's in this box. Is this going to play? I don't know. You tell me. There was a problem playing this audio file. Uh Oh, You can do it, Steve. I believe in you.
was a pretty song. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, in these boxes, uh, Bigger NYC sent Steve and I some pedal kits. Uh, I already knew about these. I didn't tell Steve, so... No, I knew about them. Oh, you did? Grant's been talking to you, too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was special. So, anyways, I'm looking forward to doing a pedal build. I've never done a pedal kit before. Steve's done them, but I haven't. So, uh, maybe we should do these on our own time or do them together in the same room. I don't know. I was thinking we... I would... Uh, I was thinking it would be fun... Uh-huh. ...to have a pedal race... I had the similar idea. Like I can bring over all of my bring my, your soldering my stuff. soldering stuff over, and you have your own soldering stuff, and we, I don't know, like set up like cross cutting yeah. cameras in here and just do it on opposite ends of the table. Grant told me not to try to race, not to try to do it the fastest possible, <laughs> but I think we should just do it and take our time and and sincerely be trying to do it correctly. Right, and the first person with a functioning pedal just wins. But they have some cool art on there, so look out for uh, us doing some fun stuff, yeah. building these pedals. Yeah. yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Stay grounded. Yeah. Stay. Oh, we didn't say that last time, did we? We did. Oh, we did. Okay. I did.